0: While we work at Microsoft, this podcast is independent of Microsoft and implies no warranty or guarantee of the products or services. We will not be sharing anything confidential, and we do not represent the opinion of Microsoft in any way. We are just two passionate guys that love what we do implementing Microsoft devices and services.
1: Five, four, three, two, one, go!
0: Welcome to the Device Pros Podcast. I'm Frank Pinto and my co-host is Alfred Ojuku. This show is all about our experience as consultants implementing Microsoft solutions around the world. If you're already an IT pro or you're trying to get started, you've come to the right place. We will discuss tech success and failure in the show, resources, tips, tricks, and everything in between. You can find us at www.thedevicepros.com, on Twitter and Facebook as The Device Pros. Hold on to your surfaces, the episode is about to begin. Hey there and welcome back to another amazing episode of The Device Pros. My name is Frank Pinto and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host...
2: Alfred Ojuku.
0: Hashtag the Alfred. The
2: Alfred.
0: Wow, that crowd loves you, Alfred.
2: Uh, it's you. It's you they love. Me.
0: <laughs> I don't think so, but you know what? They're not going to They're gonna love somebody else that we've got online today a little bit more than me and you, I think. We're joined by a gentleman named Alan Mias. Alan, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fine. I'm really happy to be with you guys today, but uh, you're going to be the... Uh, the funny guys, I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we might be the funny guys, but you're the guys with the information our listeners want to hear. Right. Will you tell us just a little bit about uh, what you do for Microsoft, Alan?
1: Well, I've been uh, with Microsoft for about um, 18 years. I lost counting, Um, so... Okay. Even take a year, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I've That's been uh, mostly active in the Windows uh, team at Microsoft for the last the past 18 years, and last like eight, seven, eight years um, on the mobile side and working with enterprise customers, usually on um, mobile strategy and um, on Microsoft's mobile products.
2: So, awesome. what was it like starting with Microsoft at six years old?
1: Well, I'm a little older than that. I hope you guys are not gonna publish a picture of me, but <laughs> I used to work with uh, some other companies that were uh, kind of uh, competing with Microsoft at that time. Uh-huh. Just, yeah, I was, uh, I came to Microsoft when uh, NT was uh, launched. Uh, my offices. I still have all versions of Windows in my office, all boxes except Windows ninety five, which I put away in a secure place. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because you're still a true
2: Microsoft guy. Yes. Yeah. He right. Knows when to put away his toys and bring out the the, the apps, the real stuff. So good job.
0: So I think um, you know we're, we're. Thank you, Alan. I mean, it's awesome to. Yeah, Alan and I are on the same team, so we get to interact from time to time, which is awesome. Um, and I think uh, I'm really excited to talk about your experience. I mean, 18 years is a long time, and you've really seen, you know, things move along, uh, you know, from, as you mentioned, NT days all the way up to what we have now with the pending release of Windows 10. And in all that time, you know, apps have been kind of an important thing, right? I mean, yes, we have an operating system. Yes, you know, we we need something to work from. But the thing that makes a computer useful, really, that's the apps that run on that computer. So that's today's topic, um, applications.
2: Well, I, I actually go a step further and talk about traditional applications as we knew it before. And, you know, I'd like to hear kind of – I'm hoping that we get the chance to t- sort of talk about how apps have transformed over the years. And, that, you know, Alan, I'm sure you're going to share some of that with us, correct?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, because I, I think um, just the fact that we are using two different words today, right? We we are using apps. And then sometimes we say applications. And um, Alfred, as you said, just you said traditional applications, right? Um, because applications have always been a desktop uh, kind of thing. Um, While apps um, have been a mobile kind of thing, I think, Uh, and uh, and the word apps just came to life uh, through the migration of the world uh, through um, mobile um, as one of the big trends, I think, over the past, uh, well, um, 10 years, maybe a little uh, less than that. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. that old yet right so we think we think uh, um in two different ways when we think mobile versus traditional or desktop if you want okay and and uh, customers do too right uh, customers still have a lot of traditional applications but when they think about apps they usually think about the, the mobile Whatever they are doing with mobile. And it's kind of funny that I was reading, was it earlier this week or last week, a a new report from uh, Forrester Research, and they said uh, 2015 is the year of mobile. And I was thinking, really? Um, But uh, yeah, if you then, I, I, I looked a little bit more in detail into the report, and they're actually kind of right in the sense that when we look at enterprise customers and apps, uh, most enterprise customers haven't moved to apps yet. Mm. Right, They're right. all looking at the traditional kind of um, uh, integration of mobile devices, bring your own, getting control over that, mm-hmm. um, making sure they're secure and managed and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, they're just but, trying to get that mobility portion enabled.
1: Yep. But I haven't done a lot of app development yet, right? So a lot of uh, a lot of things happening in the mobile world are just about email, access to documents, mm-hmm. uh, those kind of things, but not necessarily uh, developing line of business apps, right? As we yeah, have absolutely.
0: That. And just to you know, I think that was that was super important. What you were mentioning, you know, the the discussion that we have, right? When we say applications or traditional applications, we're talking about. You know, executables that you have to install or an MSI package that has to, you know, that has a payload that has to be put onto a computer. Um, and, you know, when we have apps or modern apps, that's that's all mobile. It's funny how we just shortened it up and called it apps and that's it. It's mobile. Yeah. Well, I think that was a really good segue um, that, that you started talking about. Um, that's interesting what, you know, what Forrester was saying, but I think it's a really a good segue into our topic for today you know, why are apps important to business in the first place? This, this new apps, the modern apps, not traditional, but, you know, what makes that so important?
1: Well well, I think um apps are important because um mobile users usually, right? Uh wanna be able to uh do a lot of things um with their mobile devices. And obviously IT organizations are a little struggling there because it's user centric, it's not device centric. The user has usually multiple devices and if you're lucky they have uh multiple devices using the same technology or operating system or application platform, right? Um, But they do want to use all these um, um, things that they are, because they have these devices with them all the time. They want to be able to um, report time, right? They want to be able to uh, get to their email. They want to be able to do all kinds of stuff because they have these 30-second time slots now um, across the board that they want to be able to use from these mobile devices.
0: Yeah, so if I'm running through my airport, I might want to take a quick look at my email on my iPad phone, you know, and maybe I sit down in the um, business center and I pull up my laptop. I want all my stuff to follow me. I want to, you know, see my apps, check my emails from whatever I'm connecting on.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, indeed. And, uh, and just the fact that uh, users have these multiple devices and different OSs and want to get access to Sometimes data and applications that sit somewhere in, on a on a on a workload that is behind a firewall, right, on the on-premises uh, networks, and it's just not designed or architected for to, for a mobile world. Um, um, all those kind of um, uh, challenges, um, so, IT people are, are struggling with uh, today, right?
2: Yeah. So, Alan, I mean, if I'm I'm a del- developer and I'm working on a specific application, I'm used to my environment, I'm used to how applications function on-prem. How how do I first begin to make that transition towards the traditional application, developing against the traditional application, to developing against something that would be considered an app or a universal app or whatever you want, you know, whatever it is,
1: right? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? <laughs> well um I think uh, first of all, you need to look at uh well uh, usually the needs of the users what do they want to do they don't want to do um very lengthy um, uh, task flows or workflows if you want right on their mobile device and um, they'll do those when they are using a a laptop or uh, or a desktop or or uh, they have more time they want to do quick and and easy things if you want, right? But quick anyway. So one of the the big things is looking for uh, those specific applications that the general, and then I'm talking information worker user, right? So that the general information worker user, the the typical kind of multi-device carrying user uh, wants to do quickly and how do we mobilize the data? Um, Not necessarily the logic, but first of all, the data. How is it uh, getting mobilized? Can we mobilize it to enable then a s- simple app, if you want, or a, a quick app, a quick-to-use app, to do something for the user um, uh, so they can actually uh, use that data uh, yes. and, and interfere and well do something with the process without having to go through a full process.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that. I was just at a customer site um, earlier this week, actually, and we had a conversation about, you know, this kind of thing. They, they're, they're starting, just like Alfred said, and they, they're very traditional, but they want to, you know, move their mobile users to that next level where they actually have access to applications and data that are important to them. So the first thing that, you know, they asked about was, well, does this just mean I I punch a bunch of holes in my firewall, you know, and, and open things up, and you know that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of anti security. They're they're going to freak out if we try to do something like that. So we wound up having a discussion about um, placing some data in um, Azure or using Azure as a front end to host applications and tie Azure to their data uh, center where the data might live. So we kind of you know I mean that's a whole different way of doing things.
2: Well, and I know we haven't really talked about the Azure mobile services, but that would that be an example of what you talked with your customer about, Frank?
0: Yeah, they were really interested in, you know, finding out what Azure mobile services was all about and how they can leverage it for creating, you know, what we're talking about today, apps. All right, so I think let's let's make... There's there's a lot of questions about the different kinds of apps that are out there, so we should probably talk about should probably define them and then talk about both uh, kinds when we're talking in the Windows world. And first of all, we have universal applications. So, Alan, can can you help the listeners understand what is a universal application?
1: Well, the the easiest way to think about them um, is w- when Microsoft talks about universal applications, they mean Windows universal applications, applications that run across a number of Windows devices, uh, different form factors, right? And that is an evolving story that we can dive in uh, um, a little at a little later point, but. Universal applications are generally, when Microsoft is talking about them, generally seen as applications that run across a number of Windows uh, devices, right? So they're not um, cross-platform or cross-device applications, if you want, from an OS perspective, running on Windows as well as iOS or, or Android devices. But they're universal Windows applications.
0: Okay. So you said, also in that, you said cross-platform apps. So what what are cross-platform apps?
1: Well, the the simple definition is and those are apps that run as well on, on uh, Windows as iOS, as uh, Android uh, devices in, in a mobile world uh, so to speak right so Wait, they are
2: you're saying that universal apps are different from cross platform apps
1: uh, yes they are there is a crossover here too to make it a, um uh, a little more complex but universal apps are different from cross platform apps yes
2: that's interesting that's that's really good to know I mean I, I know you mentioned that universal apps are mainly focused are really just windows apps across different form factors, but in, in what why are cross platform apps also important in this scenario?
1: Well, because um, uh, end users and um, mobility in general and the app world is user centric it's not device centric, and the user chooses. Uh, their um their device and want to be able to use the device in in for work too right uh, if they buy it themselves or if they get it from the from the company they work for and they want to be able to use it uh, they want to be able to use ios devices as well as windows devices as well as uh, android devices in some cases so um that's why it's important and it needs to take care of that multi platform environment on the client side
0: so the users are saying, "Hey, you know what? Let me bolt my apps
1: onto my stuff." They do. All right, All right. and IT has uh, multiple ways uh, in in reacting to that. I've seen customers saying, "Well, if that is the case, I'm going to cho- choose one single mobile platform, and I'm going to force the platform onto my users." Mm.
2: Wait, wait. So, wait a sec. Does that mean that I have to rewrite my application? I mean, because I know there's a number of different languages I can actually use, but what if I'm using, you know, I'm, I'm old school, I'm using, uh, you know, C++. Do I have to rewrite my application so that it works, um, in, you know, in this, in this new platform?
1: Well, um, to be honest, rewriting an application is usually not the right starting point. Sure. So, we going to flush as, that idea. Because you are saying application. Just get rid of that idea right now. Don't rewrite okay. it. And that means that is a traditional old school or old application, if uh, okay. I can put it that way, right? You so, got me on
2: that one. You got me. So what about if I said C-sharp?
1: Well, C-Sharp is a a great uh, language, but there is um, a competitor to C-Sharp, right? So, if we look at IT departments, they say, I choose one platform, and I'm only going to develop for that platform. Um, Or I choose HTML, and I'm going to do everything in the browser. Or I choose some other solution which enables me to develop, and C Sharp is one of those solutions, enables me to develop on all three platforms um, and, and develop apps for those uh, uh, three platforms, if you want. Right? So, it, so it
2: also it also sounds like there's a mindset that has to change in terms of how you envisioned the application working. Because I've heard you say HTML, I've heard you say a few others, you know, obviously even XAML, all of these other different ways to put together an application. And if I'm expecting the user to have the same traditional experience they have with what we knew as applications, that might be something of the, the past, right? Their mm-hmm. experience might be different. It, it, are you seeing some of that happen now in terms of that interaction with, with the interface?
1: Yeah, it is. It is happening now because of mobile, uh, if I can put it that way. As we started by saying, you need to mobilize your data First, and then the application needs to be able to access those data. And I, when I think about mobilizing data, it's usually thinking about bringing that data into the cloud and just that data or that subset of data that is needed for that for a specific mobile application. Then you need to have an application that accesses that data and needs to take care of disconnected uh, scenarios, etc. And then you need to choose what technology am I going to use at the client side to develop that application. And um, as I said, sometimes um, um, the uh, the IT department or the developers or the partner working with the enterprise chooses for uh, HTML, right, which is a cross platform solution if you want. You can develop cross-platform applications. But the drawback of HTML in general is that it doesn't take care very well of disconnected scenarios, which are, there are still a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, despite all the bandwidth and wireless networks, etc., there are still lots of disconnected scenarios for users. Um, and it's uh, absolutely not as rich um, as uh, so many people think, in handling data well for users, uh, even in connected scenarios. And then HTML is not HTML, it's not the same HTML on different platforms, right? right. HTML on, on Android is uh, not behaving identical to the HTML on iOS device or on a Windows device. So um, although this is a strategy, um, it is not working in all situations and it's not always as easy as uh, many customers think i haven't seen a lot of successful html projects going on specifically for mobile devices what
2: have you seen successful
1: well there there have been uh, a number of um, successful native app uh, scenarios where users or it department choose to develop applications for multiple mobile platforms Right, develop iOS versions, Android versions, Windows versions of applications, and deploy them uh, to their uh, end users. Uh, there have been uh, uh, people have been successful in that. Costs are pretty high if you do a, a purely siloed type of uh, application, and the biggest problem um, I often see is that. Companies have multiple versions depending on the platform, with multiple oh functionality. What a I mean, mess! That is really confusing. Yeah. For us. This is right. All
0: right, so we know that's the bad way to go.
1: Well, it's it's a way to go. Um, <laughs> okay, that's the expensive way to go,
0: I guess. If you're burning money, yeah, it's more expensive. Yeah, if you're burning money, hey, let's let's go for it. But. Um, you know, we I know we have some tools. I'm not a programmer. I've dabbled a little bit. We have our Device Pros app that's up there that I made for Windows Phone, but you know, with Visual Studio, the the uh un- using a universal application, I'm able to write code. I'm able to take that code and then just tweak the UI based on the experience that it's, you know, the application is or the app is targeted for, right? So if it's going on a phone, if it's going on a tablet, if it's going on a desktop, I can just tweak um, the way it looks, even though the majority of my code remains the same. Is that, you that's, know, that's something you're talking about, Alan, in a way to to do things in a better, you know, a better way?
1: Yes, it brings together, I think, uh, the story around universal apps for Windows, where you develop a single app for the full Windows um, kind of client or device types, right, you can today with uh, Windows 8.1 and Windows Phone 8.1. Um, you can develop a, a single application for um, desktop, laptop, sur- surface, uh, whatever, you, and phone. Uh, you still have some differences uh, where you, you still need to compile and uh, target the specific application at the final stage of application development for a specific device type before so. you can publish this.
2: Yeah, and all in all it sounds like as we, you know, it's going to simplify the process of making applications available on these newer devices and as well as we move into Windows 10 as we, you know, mm-hmm. technical preview, just having those devices sort of emulate these applications regardless of what device you're on. that sounds like a huge plus, you know, from my standpoint.
1: Yeah, yeah. with Windows 8 uh 1 and Windows Phone 8 1 and um our collaboration we have with uh, Xamarin, which is uh, X right? um, um, A M A R I N, right? It's it's basically a uh, an extension of the Visual Studio uh, toolset that enables you to develop your Universal 8.1 app, um, which in C sharp, um, and then at the end stage compile it for the specific um, platform that you're targeting, right? Being it a Windows platform or being it an, uh, an iOS platform or an Android platform. You know what so I th- like
0: about this? I get to use my favorite sound effect. It bolts right into Visual Studio, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah.
2: So, let's say I'm a developer, and I Really can had we say that, it.
0: Alfred? Are you sure no. that we can? I don't know no, you, that we can stretch can it. that, that far. say that. You know, I,
2: I still go off the Steve Ballmer. Developers, developers, developers. <laughs> I believe in it. That's where things are. We have to focus on the developers. So let's say and I'm I, a
1: developer. Yeah, and, and you do a lot of PowerShell, right?
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, I needed to start going down this path. Where, where can I go? What? What? What's the URL? How do I find this information?
1: Well, you can go uh, today uh, to find this information to uh, dev.windows.com, uh, D-E-V windows.com, uh, which is the developer's portal for Windows, right? covers Windows as well as Windows Phone, and there's uh, some sections around uh, our collaboration with uh, Xamarin. It uh, shows you the documentation, etc. You can download today's um, uh, developer's tool for Windows and Windows Phone for free. Um, as well as get a free developer's account uh, for uh, from Microsoft, right, which gives you all kinds of additional resources, the ability to submit applications to the store and what have you. Wow. Gives you a good store, uh, start right there. Thank you, right.
2: Microsoft. <laughs> I was going to say, thank you, Alan, not Microsoft. Alan's the one that told us the information. So you know what, you're th- right.
1: You're right. Should we give him another <laughs> yeah. crowd
0: applause here? I mean, there that's amazing. Go. Wow. Go, Alan.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and and um I I haven't checked uh, uh, lately but you can also get a um uh, a Xamarin evaluation account too to be able to look at if you are for example if you're an iOS developer or an Android developer you can look at how do you do cross platform uh, application development uh, with that too
0: Awesome man that is good stuff you know what I, I what I'm hoping We're coming near the end of our episode, and I know that, uh, you know, without talking to customers, we're not really allowed to give um, customer names. But without giving away the customer name, Alan, could you tell us maybe, you know, just um, the short version of a scenario that you've worked, you know, a customer you've worked with that's done this successfully, what they did?
1: Well, um <laughs> I always think Microsoft first when I think about uh, some of these scenarios we have done a number of these uh, types of applications uh, mm-hmm. already but um, I mean uh, the industries that we are mostly successful in um, are usually around transportation um, uh, uh, and uh, retail um, some of the manufacturing scenarios um, are are Specifically, your companies in those areas have done a number of these uh, types of uh, applications.
0: Yeah, I know we worked with, um, it's funny that you mentioned transportation. It seems more and more that not just U.S. government uh, entities and, you know, sort of utilities and uh, facilities and services that are provided uh, to people, but globally, we're working with a lot of uh, government entities that are trying to make their applications available on multiple platforms, so that users can, you know, get to the information they need quickly and easily.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, indeed.
0: Awesome. Uh, yeah, for I'm,
1: example, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I mean, I don't know how many of your listeners are um, connected to the uh, uh, the armed forces in the U.S. Armed forces has a big library of applications across the board uh, to enable gonna, their the service members as well as their family members to get access to all kinds of uh, information, uh, etc. That is uh, critical yeah, to them, right? I wow. thought you were
2: going to say how many of my family members are related to the mafia. and uh, That was going to be a different story, but yeah. That'll work too.
1: Okay, Alfred, you yeah. know
0: what? You know what you get for that one, man? <laughs> wow.
1: Wow. Hey, it was good. It was good. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I, I, do, I do think, um, uh, although we we don't have a lot of time left, that with moving to Windows Ten, we're going to make this story even better. Because uh, first of all, with Windows Ten, you'll have a um, a unified uh, application model and and the tools you develop your application once and run it everywhere on a Windows um, environment. Anyway, right? Oh, Being yeah. it a phone, a tablet, a desktop a um um, a office hub i think we call it Uh, an xbox all these uh, environments will run the same applications and applications will automatically adjust to the platform they're running on and again um, i use the word applications that's wrong these are apps they're modern apps um, they're not traditional Win32 apps, if you want, right, that right. we know from a desktop uh, perspective. It's hard,
0: man, making that switch. We've been doing applications for a long time.
1: Of course, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we're still working with um, um, Xamarin, obviously, yeah. uh, to extend that platform to the other um, uh, OSs out there, um, as we are uh, and all just about... That.
2: One other piece, again, I'm going to keep pushing this, but you know, Azure Mobile Services has those Xamarin pieces, has those you know cross collaboration, cross collab, uh, cross platform pieces in there too. So, you know, yep. I, I, I'm going to push people to check it out because that's where you can actually develop your application and make it available across all platforms. Yeah, there's yeah. even
1: Visual Studio Online now.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: Correct. And right. and and you can't think about apps without thinking about the cloud. The cloud. It's not just about the device. Right. You need to mobilize your data, and a lot of customers are still struggling with data that lives in old systems. Mm. And thinking about an architecture that mobilizes the data in a secure way on Azure and then exposes those to your uh, cross-platform or your universal apps is uh, is the right architecture to look at. That's key.
0: All right, well, that's a, that was an awesome episode. Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you, Alfred, for your fantastic jokes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Good one. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to getting uh, feedback from our listeners of what they thought about today's episode. If you happen to subscribe on iTunes, please leave us a rating. Uh, don't forget to put some commentary in there about Alfred's lame jokes. We appreciate that. We'll put a link. (laughs) We'll put a link into Alan's information so you can, uh, you know, check out his bio and see what, see what Alan's been up to for the past 18 years at Microsoft. Um, and I want to send a special shout out to Joshua Davis. Uh, he used our Bluehost, uh, code and registered the website illimasanti.com. E L I M I S A N T I dot com. So Joshua, thank you for that. Shout you... out,
2: Joshua! Great job!
0: Woohoo! Yeah, just because you did that, we get to go on for another month. Heck yeah! Wow. Thank you, buddy. All right. Well, that'll wrap up another amazing episode. Alfred, any final thoughts?
2: Yeah, we're actually going to try to write up a quick write up on the site on our blog site with some of the information we just shared with you, so that you can actually read it and watch it at the same time. It'd be excellent.
0: Alfred, thank you. Alan, thank you, sir.
1: And, oh, you're uh, welcome.
0: Yeah, we will we will talk to you soon. Love to have you back on the show. All right. We'll do that. All right. Take care. Bye bye. That wraps up another amazing episode of the Device Pros. We appreciate you tuning in and participating. We'll be back in two weeks with another incredible episode helping the technology community one podcast at a time. We want to hear from you, our loyal members, so Please reach out on our website, TheDevicePros.com, or TheDevicePros on Twitter and Facebook. For now, be good to your technology, and remember, the NSA is watching. See ya! Work at Microsoft. This podcast is independent of Microsoft and implies no warranty or guarantee of the products or services. We will not be sharing anything confidential, and we do not represent the opinion of Microsoft in any way. We are just two passionate guys that love what we do implementing Microsoft devices and services.